Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Cinema Soft Underbelly. I'm your host, Eugene Weaver. And if you're listening, then hopefully by now you've figured out that this show is about horror. And I do mean a lot of horror and science fiction and fantasy and uh, all that other good stuff. And after uh, taking a small break from a quick trip to Florida to visit some old friends and uh, all that good stuff, um, I'm back and it's time to do another episode of The Underbelly. And uh, today... I thought I would catch up just a little bit on some recently watched. Actually, uh, my buddy Eric and I did our Movie Freaks podcast the other night, and uh, we uh, we did some reviews, but didn't cover everything that I wanted to. I wanted to cover a, a few more movies, and uh, especially because uh, the ones that I didn't really hit on over there uh, were very much underbelly material, of course. So... Let's start with uh, my first Underbelly movie that uh, I've been waiting on for, uh, I want to say, since I ordered the Blu-ray, it has been, oh boy, how many months has it been? Let me just tell you how this company operates, or how it seems like this company operates. So the movie is called Sacrifice, and it... uh, Came out from Raro, and Raro is another one of uh, one of our beloved boutique Blu-ray labels that releases some uh, quality quality movies. There's a, a Django movie that they released, Hanging for Django, and they released Umberto Lenzi's Nightmare City, as well as a host of other uh, Italian crime movies and some other horror stuff, and uh, they did. This uh, sacrifice movie, which actually is called uh, "Man from Deep River," uh, interesting uh, in that I think I kind of almost like "Sacrifice" better than like "Sacrifice!" Exclamation point is that's that's the name of this version of the movie, which I will say is the complete version of the movie. I know that uh, I believe eighty-eight films in the UK was. Uh, releasing this as well, and uh, over in the UK, they sometimes can be pretty strict on animal violence, real animal violence, and uh, which this movie does have. Not an abundance of, but it is there, and so I uh, I am guessing, uh, but don't quote me on this, but I am guessing that the 88 Films version is uh, slightly edited to cut out some of the real animal Butchery on display in Sacrifice. So, what is Sacrifice about? Well, this is the movie that kickstarted the Italian cannibal craze. And there is a ton of movies from Italy, especially from Mr. Beloved Umberto Lenzi, as well as Rogero Diodato. Now, they've each done their fair share trying to one-up each other. It seems, to me at least, because I've seen them all. And it seems like each one is trying to one-up the other one just a little bit more and a little bit more. There's Jungle Holocaust. Actually, let me just see if I can get all of these in order. Uh, Emmanuel and the Last Cannibals. That was actually directed by Joe Diamato. 
Um, Eaten Alive was uh, from 1980 was Umberto Lenzi, and then uh, Mountain of the Cannibal God was Sergio Martino from 1978, um, and then uh, Jungle Holocaust from 77. That was uh, Rogero Diodato. So this one here started uh, started this whole fad, and um, I, I I say this so often, and I'm I know I sound like a broken record, but the last time I watched this movie was it was many many years ago. And it looked awful on DVD. I'm I'm guessing it was on DVD. It could have even no. I don't think it was on. I don't think it was on VHS. I think it was on DVD. But it just it looked old and dated, and it, it just didn't do it for me. Certain movies can work. This one did not. I was bored. Uh, it, that's just the way the, this is. Well, so I bought the movie from Raro, and they did one of their Facebook sales, which by a one of our Blu-rays for 50% off. And this movie, lo and behold, popped up. Although it said it's 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 not released yet. Well, I'm like, okay, $15. Let's do this. So I bought it and waited and waited and waited and waited and waited and waited and months, literally months later. Lo and behold, I get back from my Florida trip and what is lying on my doorstep? But sacrifice from Raro. So... Um, one thing I have noticed with Raro's releases is that, and I don't want to, I don't want to rip on really any of these smaller labels because they mean so much to me. Because this is, it, they are officially, they're kind of like my show. Like without them, I, yeah, I guess I could rewatch my old, you know, my old DVDs and my old uh, Blu-rays. But these companies just keep on releasing stuff that I literally like forgot. Existed. Some of these movies I forgot. Oh yeah, I saw that back in the VHS days or whatever. And so they just keep pumping out stuff. Raro does seem to get a lot of flack for their transfers and the fact that there is sometimes a significant amount of uh, digital scrubbing done to the image to make it look very clean and um, almost digitized. And... Um, which there was some on Django or Hanging for Django and Nightmare City, I believe, as well. Um, those are the ones that I've watched more than once. I did watch Night of the Devils as well, and I don't think I noticed it as much on that one. But I will say this. If you are looking to purchase Sacrifice or, or Man from Deep River, know that uh, from Raro, this version here does have a bit of that uh, digital grain or digital noise that – uh, that uh, quite honestly, if it would be released on uh, Grindhouse or Arrow, there's a good chance it wouldn't be present. Uh, it would may have a maybe a m bit more of a filmic look. Now, to my eyes, I thought it looked great. I think that the transfer was very good. But I do know what uh, some people are saying that sometimes the faces might look a bit waxy or that noise almost washes some of the detail away to get that really crystal clear look. But if you're sitting back any amount of, you know, any distance from the from your television or projector or whatever you watch your movies on, it it to me I thought it looked really really good. It still had some film grain in it, but know that because this is a, a raro release there that is present. Now I'm not sure if that would carry over from into the uh, 88 films released from the UK. And uh, I will probably never find out because I don't like movies that are cut, even if it is animal violence, which I certainly don't condone. But the version that of this movie, uh, 
that was shot back in 1972. I want it to be complete and I want it to be what Umberto Lenzi and all these other directors had uh, when they made the movie and released it, and that is uncut. And I do believe that Sacrifice is uncut in Raro's uh, case. So anyway, um, comes with a slipcover and it comes with a special feature called uh, Mon uh, Mondo Cannibal, Cannibal, what, Cannibal, what a sad thing. Um, which was really interesting. It was a 25-minute uh, little retrospective-type deal with uh, director Umberto Lenzi and uh, I want to say maybe one of the producers and Mimi Lai. And she is the uh, she's the female love interest in this movie to our kidnapped photographer guy. So it was a nice little 25-minute retrospective and it was good. I, I always like to hear these just about what it, what went on behind the scenes and what it took to make a movie like this and the, con, you know, the shooting conditions uh, and especially Umberto Lenzi, how he could get, um, I think I'm not sure how many Italian directors were like this. I know that the directors in general, there's a lot of directors in general that probably on the sets, they get, they get, they can get very feisty and Umberto Lenzi, I have heard numerous stories from him getting uh getting an actor's faces and really, you know, really letting them have it. Umberto Lenzi, Lucio Fulci is another one that, that I have heard numerous things about, uh, about how they acted uh, while they were on set. And Umberto Lenzi, and it, they, the, the interview that they have on here with Umberto Lenzi is, uh, it's, it's quite good. And the, the guy is getting up there in age, but you can tell this guy has uh, some fire under the hood, even at his very old age. It's like, ooh, he's he's feisty. So, anyway, <clears throat> this movie has uh, it. It literally started the cannibal craze, and uh, and for that, I give it major props. The storyline is simple. In fact, the storyline to me is pretty much a ripoff of a man. Uh, is it called a man? called horse or a man named horse the american version of a, of a guy that is uh kidnapped by tribes and put through these tests and all that stuff well this is what this movie is uh, he's a photographer he's captured and they think that he's a fish man because he's dressed up like in scuba gear or, or whatever like this black scuba gear and they catch him in the water so he's a fish man thing whatever and so they take him and they start doing these uh I I'm quote unquote torturous things to this guy, but it's very tame uh, by today's standard. Uh, but eventually, they accept him, and he falls in love with uh, the chief's daughter, uh, who is quite pretty. Uh, of course, I mean she. It's almost like she doesn't quite look like she even fits with the rest of these villagers. Um, and this is all looks like it's somewhere over in. Uh, like Asia somewhere like this is not uh, like almost like Thai uh, Burmese type stuff. This is not like down in the Amazon jungle or anything like that. So, you know, quite attractive uh, woman. And it's just funny how they try to make the men look a bit more savage than, than they actually really are by a little bit of face paint. These aren't the scraggly, nasty looking uh, tribesmen found in, uh, Cannibal Holocaust and uh, Cannibal Ferox. That's not them. Like you can tell, these are probably fairly good-looking people that just happen to have some face pinned on and whatever. But anyway, so he falls for. Eventually, they they kind of start to fall in love, and he starts to be acclimated into the tribe. 
and I don't want, I'm not going to give the whole movie away, um, but if you've seen one of these, you've seen most of them. Uh, along the way, some animals are killed, and uh, of course, uh, the directors all say, yes, but don't worry, the animals were all eaten, and so they were going to get killed anyway. And that's no exception here. There's a, let's see, I think, and I could be wrong. There may have been uh, some that were staged, but if they were staged, it uh, whew, it looked real to me. But one monkey gets his head lopped off or top of his head lopped off. Uh, there's a uh, crocodile, a small crocodile that gets just ripped to shreds, a snake that gets cut up. Um, I want to say there's one or two other uh Animals that uh, that get butchered and and I guess eaten then too, and, and it is it is uh, pretty graphic, especially the crocodile. They 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 tear into that thing and uh, yep, they, he he's dead. So anyway, um, I what I will say about this movie. Oh, and then so I don't I don't want to get too ahead of myself. So as always, there's there's usually another tribe somewhere in the jungle that that. Uh, the, that the one tribe is clashing with, which is actually that kind of happens in uh, Cannibal Holocaust as well, Ruggiero Diodato's uh, Holocaust. And because of that, there's tension, and then there's maybe a rape or something, and then there's revenge, and blah, blah, blah. And welcome to Sacrifice. Uh, yes, there is a rape, and then there is a... a, a for this time period, it's a pretty graphic cannibal scene. The movie is not... Uh, really that gory. Uh, a lot of softcore sex scenes, which I believe that uh, um, I'm pretty sure that the sex scenes were a bit due to uh, 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 I don't want to get this wrong, but um, uh, the Emmanuel series, I believe that someone that worked on the, the Emmanuel series wanted a little bit more TNA, it could have even been Umberto, uh, but it's there. It, it's there, trust me. And so, anyway, it, uh, it's fun, and I really liked the ending. Uh, I was very surprised by how it ended. Uh, much different than the other cannibal movies that I've seen from the 70s and early 80s. So, and I, I liked that. So, if you are interested, uh, support Raro. They're not, in my opinion, they're not the best uh, indie label out there releasing these movies, but they are good. And, and I give them credit to, you know, taking the time to get these movies, remaster them with their own, how, however they do it themselves. You know, it, this one here would remind me a lot of how Arrow's Blu-rays used to look back when Arrow got started especially their first release of Tenebrae, uh, Dario Argento's Tenebrae. There's a, a newer version that Arrow released, and it looks quite different from the original release. And that original release of Tenebrae, I watched numerous times. I still have the Blu-ray, and I have the newer version. The newer version does look better, and it has much more of a filmic presence. But the original one, very clean and very bright. And this movie here is very clean and very bright. And so... I, as far as will you be satisfied with something like this, if you really like this movie, this is the version to get. And if that type of thing, the digital noise, bothers you, eh, you know, it, it is there. So anyway, but fun movie. It certainly 
certainly nothing like Cannibal Holocaust and Cannibal, Cannibal Ferox, but still enjoyable and a worthy addition to my collection. Now, uh, one other movie that I wanted to hit on that I didn't have time to uh, on Movie Freaks, and it does, again, fit in much better on my movie, and that is House on the Edge of the Park. 1980, and whoa, guess what? Ruggiero Diodano directed it. Wow. Yes, an Italian doubleheader. Um, I've watched this movie several times on uh, DVD back in the day, and it's been many, many years since I have seen it, but I do recall uh, thinking that this was just total sleaze, and I wondered how it was going to stack up on Blu-ray. Code Red, our friend, friend, Bill, uh, Mr. Bill, uh, he got the rights to release this movie, and uh, Code Red Bill released it, and I bought it, and uh, is it worth the pretty high prices that Code Red is charging for their Blu-rays? Yes, it is. They have stepped up their game. He has stepped up his game, I guess, uh, so so to speak, uh, Bill from Code Red. This transfer is fantastic. Uh, special features are, as usual, not plentiful, but the transfer of the movie itself is fantastic, extremely film-like. And this versus the very first one that he released, which is Lucio Fulci's uh, Voices from Beyond, which is still a really actually enjoyable Fulci, late, late entry to the Fulci uh, canon. That, that Blu-ray release was as bare bones as you can get. Literally, you pop the disc in, movie starts. I don't believe there's even chapters. It just, you, just, you have an HD movie on Blu-ray, the end. Done. Um, the transfer is good enough for what it is. This here, uh, we're talking, this is a rock-solid transfer of a, of a pretty big cult classic. Uh, um, water. Uh, the movie itself is um, sleazy as hell. I mean, it's uh, worth buying the movie for on Blu-ray. Take it from me. Uh, real quick here, the storyline uh, off of IMDb. Two low-life punks invite themselves to a party at a posh villa, and after being taunted by their snobbish hosts, hold everyone hostage and subject them to various forms of torture and mayhem. And I will say that if you are in the mood for an Italian movie with that oozes uh, greasy, sleazy sickness, this is your movie. Uh, every bit of the movie just feels just mean-spirited and rapey uh, right from the get-go. I mean, right from the get-go, we've the, it, it sets the, the movie sets itself up as what it's going to be for the hour and a half long running time. David Hess is our main villain, and David Hess also played Krug from Wes Craven's uh, Last House on the Left. And this this one to me. I think is probably his finest moment as being a just despicable, nasty, bad guy. Uh, he does it so well in this movie. Giovanni Lombardo Radice is his uh, sidekick who is – it's almost like he's a sadistic version of uh, Bob from 
from uh, the Lucio Fulci movie City of the Living Dead. Like he's not quite all there, and it seems, and but he's still kind of sadistic. He, he wants to he wants to play ball and be the be a bad guy, but he doesn't want to quite go to the limits that our David Hess character, who is his name is Alex, in uh, in this movie. So, also of note, uh, what is her name? Um, there is interesting. There's a, one of our actresses was also in Cannibal Ferox, and I'm not sure which one it is. I don't want to get it. Uh, I don't want to get it wrong. But you'll know she's got the black hair. She's gorgeous, and uh, it's just ah, uh, here it is, Lorraine De. Silly, I think. Um, yeah. So anyway, I I'm pretty sure that the pretty sure that that is her. Just looking over her filmography. Oh, Woman's Camp One One Nine. There you go. I've seen that. Uh, Emmanuel in America. That's got to be her. Damned in Venice. Ah, good times. So anyway, but uh, w- what is funny about this movie? Funny about and yeah, um, is the ending of this movie is a bit of a twist and when it comes you're like what like that's a lot of uh a lot of plot heavy twistness for what is essentially a home invasion movie but it's funny for some reason it's like okay that was elaborate but i'll go with it because that's the type of movie this is i love the cover of this movie on uh, blu-ray and dvd it's like there's this the, it kind of looks like a skeleton type thing, but the the face is like trees in a house, and then this skeleton hand holding a holding a blade, and yeah. But uh, the the ease at which our lead villain Alex and his buddy Ricky, uh, the ease of which they're able to pretty much take over this little house party and hold everybody hostage and just get very rapey is laughable. It's like. Really, and our 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 party hosts try to fight back, but it's eh, no, it it's silly. Uh, but along the way, there's all sorts of crazy shenanigans in the shower and uh, this uh, card game go gone wrong and taking a dip in the swimming pool. You'll see what I mean. But anyway, it's a fun ah, boy. I'm just feel rotten even saying it's fun. But for those of us that like these types of very, very dirty, grindhousey movies, this one here fits the bill in spades. And I am happy to report that Code Red, uh, that was worth the money to me, having this movie. Um, I, I, you know, sometimes it gets difficult to chuck out a lot of money for, for these movies. I always try to buy them used if I can, but unfortunately, m- most of the time with these movies... Code Red and Vinegar Syndrome and a lot of those labels, uh, collectors are buying them. It's not like a mass-produced Star Wars movie where there's going to be a boatload of them for sale used. Or you can go on your family video and there's going to be a shelf of them used. You can't find that. So what you're left with is just paying more money for movies that you really want. And this one here, if you're a horror fan, especially older horror, older school horror fan... Um, Yep, this one here is sleazy. Take it from me. So anyway, I am looking forward to the upcoming release of J.P. Simon's uh, Endless Descent from Kino. Uh, That one there is the uh, 
Leviathan slash Deep Star Six slash Abyss knockoff. I've talked about it on my show already, but it's it's way down there on that totem pole of of uh, underwater alien fun. But man, for some reason, I want to emphasize this fun. That movie is a lot of fun. It is as weird as it is, and as J.P. Simony as it is, and it is. It's pieces and slugs and pod people and all his other movies it's that underwater for a very brisk 80 minute runtime of gory shenanigans it's it's i can't wait to get that that uh blu-ray uh, there is a host of other uh, it seemingly weekly uh, announcements from from these various studios of movies coming out that it just impresses the daylights out of me vestron is now making a comeback through Lionsgate. Finally, they're going to be releasing Waxwork and Waxwork 2. And uh, their first movie is Jim Wynorski's Chopping Mall. And uh, those movies are not cheap. Let me just tell you that right now. Like The pre-orders on those on Amazon is pushing $30 for the Chopping Mall, which is about 75 minutes long. But uh, from what I've been reading, Lionsgate is really going all out with the special features and the packaging, and I really appreciate that. So it looks like they really want to jump into into this uh, this market, this smaller indie uh, label market with releasing some of their own library, which is great. Finally, uh, Lionsgate has been one of the longest ones to hold out on releasing some of their catalog titles, and it's like th- there's money to be made there. I know that there is a probably a ton of money that goes into remastering these, the film elements and getting special features made up and pressing the discs and all that stuff. Um, but they have the movies. It's They own the rights to these movies, and there are fans out there that are willing to pay these types of prices for limited collectible Blu-rays that tr- truly change the way the movie looks. I have turned around on some movies that I didn't much care for because the transfers and the special features are so good. Um, I... A ticket from me, like actually, uh, by the time this episode is uh, live on iTunes, uh, I won't have posted my next review on our Movie Fix Facebook page, but I did review one that Arrow released, a Blu-ray. The movie is complete and utter garbage, but the transfer looks so good, and I can't, I didn't like the movie, but I can only imagine how much more I would have hated this movie had I watched it like on an old scrappy VHS or DVD. This movie looks fantastic from Arrow, so just, I'm not going to spoil what that movie is. Stay tuned, or tune into our uh, uh, Facebook page on, and read more about that next, probably Tuesday, I would guess. Uh, but I am glad that, that Lionsgate is releasing this little Vestron video side Thing. And there's uh, there's other movies that they're releasing too. I believe Chud Part 2 is going to be coming out. And um, I want to say, I don't think The Unholy has gotten an announcement yet. Uh, uh, Blood Diner has, I, although I have a German import of Blood Diner on Blu-ray. I love Blood Diner, Jackie, Kong, Jackie Kong's Blood Diner from the 80s. Great movie. In fact, one that I should probably revisit and do a small review on my own show because it fits the underbelly perfectly uh more than likely i will not who am i kidding i'm gonna get all these freaking movies on blu-ray i'm sure i am it just is a matter of time but i love to see other companies jumping in the mix and wanting to uh bring these movies to us gore grindhouse fans and i'm one of them um okay so anyway uh i'm gonna wrap things up here but uh hopefully i've 
got you at least somewhat interested in uh, these two movies, House on the Edge of the Park um, and uh, Sacrifice. They're both on Blu-ray. They're both worthy purchases, especially if you're into this type of thing. Um, keep on bringing the the sleaze, uh, you boutique labels, because I love this stuff, and I love it in my collection. I love uh, watching it on my sound system. It's just a blast. So anyway, uh, you can get a hold of me at eugene-weaver at hotmail.com for any questions or all that good stuff. Um, movies I should watch, movies I should avoid, all that jazz. And make sure to tune in to our friends over at Cinema Sidekicks, uh, doing a lot more new release type stuff. And of course, of course, Movie Freaks with my co-host Eric Marner. Um, if you want to hear some non-pretentious, fun movie talk where we just talk movies and we joke and we drink and whatever. It's unpretentious. I like that. I don't like... Anyway, I'm not going to get into that. My buddy and I had a long conversation about that stuff and where I can put all of that right in the trash can. Um, anyway, that's it for my show. Thanks again for listening and uh, make sure you tune in next time because I'm sure I'm going to be bringing all sorts of new underbelly goodness on next episode. Uh, until next time, thanks. Bye. Bye.